Finally got the background music fixed. That was driving me crazy. Attention people of Mackinac and neighboring worlds. Please don't turn off your scrying set. The fate of everything is at risk, and spreading the truth of what's happening is our only chance to help make it out alive. Here's the long and short of it. The League of Ultimate Questing has been an undercover takeover gig from day one. A champion-ranked team of underdogs named the Mortal Dawn is going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Commissioner, the biggest cheese and orchestrator of this final fiasco, and things are looking grim. She feeds on glory and adoration, so seeing her for the monster she is is starting to knock her down a few pegs. It's like feeding a dog nothing but celery. He'll eat it, but that dog's gonna be weak as a bowl of hairy salad. The team's monitor, Reginald 419, has somehow managed to take control of the feed and is projecting it to us with insane clarity. Any higher res and I can smell the fireball, sulfur, and dragon farts. This is the battle for our fate, but just when things were looking up for the MDs and they managed to banish the draconic manifestation of the Commissioner's past self, their beloved team member, Chris Sagrand, seems to have been dominated, quite possibly destroyed, and brought back as some kind of horrible weapon that I fear the team will now have to contend with. I've squared up on my share of winged servants of evil, but a giant bladed angel made of crystal? That's something you hope to see painted on the side of your bandwagon, not giving you the stink eye across the battlefield. The tables have turned, and now it's three on two, and me and Storm will do everything in our power to keep the signal alive and keep spreading the truth. I've never felt such a second wind. I'm not going anywhere. How are you holding up, Storm? Eh, I'm hanging in there. Starving, though. Even a hairy dog solid got my guts a-grumbling. I'm pretty sure there's a vending machine back in that rubble. Oh, score! Uh, Gipper? You got a few dithers I can borrow? The mega booth has been destroyed, Storm. Just break the window. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gods, this is the forbidden fantasy I never thought I'd live out. Liberating these poor trapped morsels from their electronic prison. Come to Papa. Grab something to eat yourself, folks, if you have the ability. We're in for the long haul. Stay safe and stay tuned. Now let's get back to the broken beacon and witness what's about to unfold. The luminary is before you. Ten silver lanterns hanging heavy in each of its long twisting arms. A mass of dark robes and shadow spilling out the beaming white light from within. With a whisper, they have awoken their personal weapon, the Harbinger, emerging from your teammate, Chris Zagrand, now floating before you like a crystalline angel. The battle of four against one has shifted, to three against two. Let us continue with the initiative. At the top, we have the Harbinger. Okay. I, I, I'm supposed to attack the team? Mm -hmm. Shit. Yeah, Kristen. Uh-oh. Come on, you know you've got some the, something in there. The some deep darkness. First. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Am I hasted still? No, that would have... Okay. When Chris died. Cool. Know. That's not ominous. Okay. Um. I'm going to act like a weapon and get between uh, Illuminary and Harthax and do my multi-attack. Sounds great. You move swiftly at a speed you've never experienced before with these six wings. As, a, as the Harbinger goes to attack Harthax, there's something itching in the back of your mind. It's a whisper. Arthax, we're doing this to save the children of this world. The loneliness, the horror, the despair. How many have you failed? 
Let's go ahead and make those two claw attacks. Let's see it. Roll them, bitch. Oh, I will. Uh, 18 and... And uh, 13. Your first one hits, the second one misses. All right. Uh, you take eight slashing damage and four thunder damage. So 12. Yep. There is now an imposing crystalline angel between you and the luminary. And he takes damage from Dom. Oh, yeah. That bitch big. Everybody's going to roll a constitution check. What is the DC in this? Uh, DC 16. I fail. 25. I'm going to go ahead and use my reaction of absorb elements. All right. I'm taking 12 or 13. Uh, 13. As this intense burning sunlight spills down over the battlefield, it catches in your clear crystal wings and casts a rainbow across the stone. Next up is the Luminary in her true form. The Luminary begins moving their ten lanterns in a circle around them, creating a disk of light spilling out from the shadows of their robes. One of the ten hands points a finger at Arvid Ulfmund. I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> I'm wise as shit. <laughs> wise cracking. That's bad. That's a that's a two on the die makes it a, a four total. Okay. You do have inspiration? No, let's take it. Let's see how that goes. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> All right. You become frightened, which means on each of your turns, you have to move away from the luminary if you can, and you have disadvantage to attack towards them or the target itself. You also are going to take some psychic damage as your head is filled with the sounds of just a taste of the infinite lives the luminary has consumed. You take 22 psychic damage. That ain't nothing. Not in the slightest. That ends the Luminary's turn for now. They seem to be testing the waters, getting used to their old form, feeling the power course through their arms. Oh, they have to roll for Dawn, don't they? They do. Is a dex? Tis. That is a 15. Not going to do it. And they take 20 damage. Noted. Youchers. That is fire damage. Fire damage. Thank you. A good distinction. Yes. That brings us to Artyom Volkov. Excellent. The radiance of the dawn that surrounds us is going to turn into a literal radiance of dawn as it flashes out. And I'm going to go ahead and hit both of them with that goodness. Uh, go ahead and roll me a con save. Okay. Looking at a 17. That is a 16. That is a 25. Uh, both of you pass. So half to 13. Mm-hmm. Very good. Would you like to move at all? I would. Give myself a little bit of distance as I back away from them. All right. As the spells impact with the luminary, you can sense that there's a part of them a connection, like an unseen tether between their mind and the harbinger. 
For a fleeting moment, you think maybe you see a flicker of doubt or a loss of control. But it is maintained. Christ, you gain one point of recollection. Cool, okay. Arvid, artifacts, we talked about this. Get ready. Interesting. That brings us to Arvid Ulfman. Okay, so I have to move back. Yes, your speed, so 35 feet, 40, whatever it is. Garble. Unless you go up to the ledge and then you just stop. Right, so I don't have to jump off the ledge. No. You do not have to cause yourself any harm. You just need to move away from the fear target. Okay. Morty looks back at you confused as you retreat, something he's never seen you do before. Yeah, my my fear scent plagues his nostrils. (laughs) 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 And then... I'd like to cast fairy fire over there. Ooh, interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Arvid's Aurora Borealis of a fairy fire wraps around the menacing Harbinger and the Luminary. So the Harbinger and the Luminary both need to make a deck save versus the fairy fire. Wow, Bupkis. Uh, I got a 14. And I also got a 14. Yeah, about that. Oh yeah, you're Arvid, not a high spell DC. I don't know what it is. What, what, What's uh, your Wismog? Where did I even put it? It should be three. I don't know why I put it two because I no no it is two. Never mind. Two. So ten plus proficiency, so fourteen. Oh, 14. fourteen. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Unfortunately, they both make it. In fact, as this aurora borealis of light tries to wash over the two of them, you see one of the lanterns gets lifted up, and it sucks in the prismatic light, oh. snapping shut. And with his back to the edge of the platform, Arvid musters up a bit of strength to to shout, Christ, you don't have to do this. We're family. With that, a special mechanic for this combat is going to take place. We mentioned it before, but because of Arvid's words, Christ, you gain another point of recollection. As the words enter your ears, something deep inside of you hears them. But for now, you remain the harbinger. Morty's going to look confused to Arvid, who fled in fear, to Christ, who is now this creature. Unsure what to do, Morty charges forward and attempts to snap at one of the ten arms of the luminary. Good boy, Morty. (laughs) Uh, He does connect with one of them. And as a reaction, the luminary lets out a beam of light that strikes into Morty, scorching the side of his flank, toppling him to the side, but he gets back up, snarling and resolute. At the end of your turn, you get to make another wisdom save against the fear. That's a four for a total of six. (laughs) Woo! Brilliant. I mean, it's twice what you rolled last time. (laughs) You remain a skeered. That brings us to Harathax, back into your Drakkar form. Yep. At the start of your turn, you're going to take seven damage. All right. This is the Aura Shards ability. So tiny crystalline fragments seem to fill the air around the Harbinger, and just being adjacent, they slice through you. Harathax is going to just stand there as those shards whip through them. I'm going to pull out a potion, the potion of heroism that we got after 
our trial of ascension, mm-hmm. I think is when we got those. I believe so. I'm going to drink it, which is my action. Right. And then I'm going to look at Christ and without moving, I'm going to say, if you really believed you were doing this for the children, then you're choosing to destroy them. I still trust you, Christ. Let's dance. And I don't move. Mm. <sighs> Christ, you regain a point of recollection. Harithax, at the end of your turn, the Luminary is going to use one of her legendary actions to enrapture one of the three Mortal Dawn that are not under her control. Artyom Volkov. Mm. I'm very happy with the mechanics of this ability. <laughs> I need you to make me, to start with, a wisdom saving throw because there's a very good chance you'll just shake it off. Cool, cool. I know that's one of your good ones. Cleric. He's a cleric. cleric. Is this a charm? No. Hmm. 19 plus 8. You feel her words not try to control your mind, but seize your body, do things you wouldn't normally do, reaching for your blade, looking at Harathax as a foe for just a fleeting moment. But you shake it off, unswayed by this dark sorcery. And Morty makes the save against the Dawn spell, but still takes half damage. Marvelous. Sixteen. Jesus, my brain could not do the math. All right. Despite being deified, Morty is not immune to this intense sunlight. That brings us to the Harbinger. Oh. The Harbinger is going to make a beeline for Arvid. Mm. Let's go ahead and make a multi-attack. Harithax, if you wish, you can take an attack of opportunity. I'm going to. Because I have the Warcaster feat, I can cast a spell instead of making a normal melee attack. Mm-hmm. So as the Harbinger attempts to fly past me, Harithax is going to encant some words and a lash of lightning whips out and tries mm. to wrap around Crist and pull him back to me. Interesting. Back to them fucking Super Smash Brothers moves, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so what's the saving throw for that? It is not written down. I'm pretty sure it's a dex save for lightning lure. I will confirm that while Crist rolls. Okay. Uh, that is a 15. 15 is not a success for my save DC. So, strikes at one creature of your choice that you can see within 15 feet of me. Target must succeed a strength save or be pulled 10 feet in a straight line towards me and then take 2d8 lightning damage. Nice. So go ahead and roll the lightning damage. And then, Chris, you're going to subtract those 10 feet from your movement for the turn because for part of it you were pulled away. Yeah, okay. so I'll, I'll wait till Chris has moved the full 15 feet away and then pull him 10 feet back. Got it. 2d8. Let's see it. Bzap. Seven. That's fine. It's not too bad. Uh, I'm afraid to say it does nothing. You mean the lightning damage? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not shocked. Uh, <laughs> neither is he. <laughs> ah. Sorry, that's bad. That's great. No, I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I assume I'm flying into into battles. That's, if you have a fly speed, you can absolutely I, use it. Yep, and I reach Arvid. So you do catch the Harbinger midair and pull it back, but its incredible speed from these six wings breaks through the lightning tethers and continues its pursuit. I'm going to move so far back that I'm actually behind Arvid. 
Ooh. I'm oh you're gonna be floating in midair yeah okay. like mm-hmm. uh, like I'm running towards you and I'm doing a flying kind of somersault okay all right let's go ahead and roll some damage please do well attacks first yes yes some attacks well it was a dirty 20 and a natural 20 jeez yike mm-hmm. you want to use any luck to change that natural 20 into something else <laughs> bring it no <laughs> fuck me Possible. up buddy <laughs> so Words and whispers are also scratching at the back of your head. And they're saying, Ovid, no, don't hurt my mother. Is this because we couldn't save yours? So the first attack is a total of 12 damage. Blah. So in terms of slashing damage, you're taking 18. And in terms of thunder damage, you're taking five. Okay. So now the Harbinger is hovering in midair off the platform behind Arvid. At the end of the Harbinger's turn, the Luminary is going to use its last two legendary actions for the turn to cast a spell. Four of her lantern-bearing hands move in a counterclockwise motion, and they face towards Artyom Volkov. The lanterns open, and four scorching rays shoot out at you. But they are at disadvantage because of your shield. Yeah, they are. And you resist fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first one is a 16. No dice. The second one, well, that's not good. 15. Not enough. 23. That'll do it. And 12. Not at all. <laughs> Just the one. Unfort. She has learned a valuable lesson about using fire magic on Artyom. <laughs> so you take 10 damage halved to 5 thanks to your new blessing of Bren beautiful fire <laughs> I was reborn of this standing to her full height she begins swinging some of the heavy lanterns as weapons bringing two of them down on Harathax one of them down on Morty and one of them swinging from a long chain arcs out towards Artyom that's kind of cool cool yeah <laughs> very dark souls this character looks literally like the pinwheel, and I'm just like, cool. Coming in at Harathox with a 22 and a 26. Both will hit. The damage coming in at Harathox is going to be mm-hmm. uh, 16, bludgeoning. Oh, okay. Yep. And yeah, 16 bludgeoning twice. Okay. Coming in at Morty with a hit. Morty also takes some damage. And the one coming in at Artyom is coming in at a 25. I'm going to have a reroll that. Okay. Oops. Uh, 22. Ah, just ugh, the worst. You also take 15. Hey. Bludgeoning as a heavy lantern just slams you in the chest, taking the air out of you with an incredible amount of unhuman strength. How much did I take from the last attack? Five. Okay, thank you. So I need you real quick to make me two concentration checks, DC 10. Two concentration checks, DC 10. Uh, One from the fire damage and one from the lantern. Ah. It's three plus eight, which is fine. And 19. Yep. Those both make it so Dawn remains in effect. Radical. 
and she moves forward so she's bearing down like on top of Harathax. all mm-hmm. 10 mm-hmm. arms mm-hmm. arcing around you like a prison and she takes damage from Don. let's make a save let's make a save that is boy howdy 25 that's a success she takes eight eight fire damage from the flaming dawn mm-hmm. which brings it to artium's turn beautiful tell me christ if she was your mother would i kill her and i'm going to use a guiding bolt on her using fire damage Ooh. i attack right that's not an attack spell check i think so yeah, I forget yeah, what you're casting. It's not a saving. Uh, three plus eight. That does not connect. And as what? I know it's shocking. Eleven doesn't hit the final boss. Mm. As the beam comes arcing towards her, she holds out one of her lanterns and catches the flaming light inside of it, continuing the rotation of them around her. Cool. Now passing from hand to hand, and with that you regain another point of recollection. Next in the initiative is Arvid Wolfman. Okay. Arvid, after being hit from behind, turns to face the floating harbinger and... And, and you take... Oh. For, for turning around? For just starting your turn, you oh, take shit. six slashing damage. And he'll say to him, Chris, I said you're my family but me and my family play rough. And he's gonna yes. wang his head straight at him, right in the crystal. <laughs> you mean right in yes. the family jewels? Oh, that was good. Oh boy, head to toe family jewels. Oh my God. And he's gonna make a reckless attack of the, starting with the, the horns. Yes. Bam. I love it. And... Good golly. That, I don't think that hits. That's a one and a four. So Mm-mm. that's like 12. 12-ish. Yeah. Yeah. But he'll also swing up with parody. And that's just meeting 20 for a, uh, attack. Let's uh, go ahead and say that there's weird, ominous whispers that seem to be flowing through your mind. That's minus four. Okay. And then the last attack. So 16. Which... Well, let's clarify the mechanics oh, here. Yeah. You've been inspired by Chris many times, oh, boosting no. you with his inspiration, but this seems like the discordant opposite as the strange echoes emitting from him rob you of your focus. So that's two misses and a final swing. Uh, 15. That's a miss. <clears throat> but we'll use a little bit of movement to get away from the edge. And you regain a point of recollection. Arvid, oh, actually, I'm going to have you do your saving throw first against the fear. That's a 13. That's not quite enough, unfortunately. Well, Um, maybe an inspiration point will do it, eh? (laughs) No. Oh, no! (laughs) I rolled a one. Does that matter? Beautiful. Not unless you're a halfling. Not unless you're a halfling or a statistician. Mm Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> a good one, buddy. Does it matter? Yes, but does it mechanically help you? Does not. Arvid, you're standing toe to toe with this creature that was born to help end the world. And a great weight, for some reason, is lifted. Something is changing. You can feel it from here, hundreds and hundreds of miles away. In each of the cardinal directions, there is a machine deep in the earth. 
a clock, counting down to something. Slowly, tick by tick, in unison, erected in places of balance, to warn when the scales would be tipped. The four clocks have just hit midnight, and parody has awoken. Woo! Woo! That's so cool! I don't know what to say, Storm. I've never seen a battle unfold quite like this one. It's like they're fighting with their hearts as much as with their weapons and their skills. You're telling me. <clears throat> yeah, I'm so nervous. I can't stop beating these damn tater flakes. The Harbinger's using some very strange powers, and it isn't pulling any punches when it comes to trying to cut down its old allies. Hitting the Team Barbarian with a fear effect turn one. That's a clutch play. They're holding it together for now, but they take any more of these hits and I don't see them lasting much longer. Plus, that luminary thing's controlling not just Chris, but the whole battlefield like some kind of messed up ten-armed puppet master. The playbook's spent. This is just a free-for-all. Well, let's hope the team has a few more tricks up their sleeves because they're running out of time. Speaking of tricks, it'll look like Arvid's axe just went all reverse origami on us. I'm used to seeing druids transform, but not their weapons. Not that I'm complaining. It's like my Nam Nam always says, all axes are great axes. It's hard to tell which of the team's weapons and spells are hurting this foe and which are making it stronger. Hang in there, folks. We can't seem to stop the system's built-in advertisements, so bear with us through that. But we'll be right back with more of this heartbreaking conflict. Uh, right after these words from, I guess, our sponsors. Do you love the LUQ? Yeah! Of course you do. And I'll bet you adore those lovable Reginalds. Yeah! Who wouldn't? Those polished chassis, endearing red oculuses, and delightful polyhedral edges. Well, now you can take one home for yourself. But not just any Reginald, a Reginald of your very own, that you get to design at the Make a Madron Workshop. Customize your own color, personality, and size. Just look at all these different Reginalds. Knit one, burl two, knit one, burl two, knit one, burl two. This one must have been designed to help with knitting. That's great. You can do it. You can do it. Ten more reps. Let's go. Sounds like this one's for working out at the gym. Daddy. 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 This one might be for kinky stuff, maybe. That's cool, I guess. You can watch them be assembled right before your eyes as you pick out the parts at each station. Each one is a Reginald, but they're all unique. Take the magic home with you with your new best pal from the Make a Madron Workshop. Building friendships out of machine parts. It's a Reginald of your very own Make a Madron Workshop Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. 
As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey, all you cuties. I want to thank our listeners for listening. I want to thank our patrons for patronizing. I want to thank you for your support. Everything you do helps to make this show better, and we couldn't be happier to bring it to you. This week's featured legendary team is the Iron Rhapsody, with Eshwin, Krista Perez, Christopher Mashburn, and John Reinhardt. Right now, because of the switch-ups, we're working on restructuring the legendary teams and the new participation teams. If you have any questions about how these work, jump in the Discord and ask. The community is always there and happy to help with anything you need, because they're amazing. Some time ago, we were asked if we had an address to send things to. Well, now we do. You can send mail or whatever you like to P.O. Box 230091, Tigard, Oregon, 97281. That's P.O. Box 230091, Tigard, Oregon, 97281. Please, no homemade food. We can't eat it. We just end up throwing it out. Season 2 is set to premiere on April 12th, and I, for one, am super excited to have you all hear it. The first couple of episodes are very exposition-heavy and narrative-focused to get you all introduced into the new world and the new team. We might even release a buffer episode to smooth the transition. We'll see. Law and I will be playing Pokemon on Tuesday at 6pm PST on twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams. You probably also know that we've been playing new episodes Monday nights at 7pm PST. Come check it out. If you or anyone you know would like to advertise with us or get a message on the show, please reach out to us at admin at slapdashstudios.com. But enough out of me, let's get you back to the action.
of this luminous night. One child points my eyes afar. I have no view of the chaos. We long for a view. One child closes their eye forever. Surrendered to blood. Manipulated by hunger. Lost to us now. We will punish them, perhaps. But we want to know if it ends, if this is all destroyed. If holes are cut like mankind's souls into the walls of the universe. Then maybe our prison grows larger. Maybe our windows grow many. Maybe our eyes open to new truths in far-off worlds. With new blind children. And more foolish gods. battle between the mortal dawn, the luminary, and their harbinger rages in the sky over Chimaris. Shadows and light shift as the weapon in Arvid's hand begins to transform. Once a simple weapon, finely made, but heavy, with an axe blade of white and black, now elongates, the axe head curling upward into one unified blade of white metal with ribbons of black like Damascus steel. A long spiraling spike emerges from the bottom, and tiny bands of silver seem to wrap around your fingers, as if locking this weapon into place. It seems so much lighter now. The balance is perfection. Your fear is cast out. That brings us to Harathax, toe-to-toe with the Luminary. Toe-to-toe with the Luminary. Harathax? is gonna cast a spell. I'm gonna cast Vampiric Titch. So black tendrils wrap around Harathax's hand and Harathax is gonna look at the Luminary and say, absorb this and just punch her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay. Let's see that play out. All right. Harthax is going to roll this with advantage because I dropped a dragon and I want to keep the trend going. (laughs) I don't think this will actually reduce the Luminary to zero. I'd be very impressed. Yeah, right? (laughs) Uh, That is a nat 20, though. Okay. I'll take it. Hot damn. Fuck. Now I got to figure out how much damage Vampiric Touch usually does. Ooh la la. You weren't counting on it. I wasn't wasn't counting on it critting, that's for sure. It's not used to succeeding. (laughs) Damn, what right. do I do? Same though. I'll roll. I'll roll so many ones on this. I'm sure that uh, that it won't super matter. What do I do with my hands? <laughs> <laughs> All right, eight d six necrotic damage coming in on the luminary. There's only one one in there. Woo! <laughs> my God, fourteen. Do that damage. The balance truly is twenty. Off. <laughs> no, it, it's it's finally right. 26 <laughs> necrotic damage to the Luminary Law. Okay, I see you. Mm-hmm. I see you, Warlock. Yep, and I heal for 13. 
That's a pretty good spell. Vampiric touch. Very nice. Harthax drains some of the light and the life out of the luminary and turns to look at Christ and says, Christ, she's not your mother. She's ordering you around. Your mind isn't your own right now. Make your own choice. You gain a point of recollection. And then I will channel the vampiric energy of my vampiric touch into my staff and cast Shillelagh on it. Nice. The end of your turn, the eyeless hood of the luminary looks out at you and uses one of its legendary actions to attempt to enrapture you. Please roll me a wisdom saving throw. Wisdom save. Okay, I'm proficient in this. I don't think that's going to pass. Did you already use your inspiration? I haven't used my inspiration yet. But you might want to save it? I think I'm going to use it because that's only a 12. I don't think 12 is going to be high enough. Oh, there we go. How about instead of 12, 27? Bad passes. (laughs) Good thing you used your inspiration, I suppose. Yeah, it seems worth it to be. You definitely turned that around. That brings us to the Harbinger. Mm. How many points of recollection have you regained? Six. Thank you. The Harbinger is going to lock eyes across the battlefield with Artyom. He's going to fly up, arc past Harthax, and hover menacingly above Artyom. As you take to the sky, Arvid gets an attack of opportunity with Midnight Parody. Yeah. Also a quip, and that is... You can't run away from family! No. <laughs> you still have reckless government. Oh, cool. Oh, that's a five and a four. So, no. Unfortunately, that is a miss on the Harbinger. The Harbinger will lock eyes with the captain. In the back of Artyom's mind, you hear the voice of Chris saying, All the pain you inflict is poisonous. Why can't we shed the light? The Harbinger's going to let out a thunderous voice that upon hit changes to acid. Mm. And what does that do? How does that work? Please make me a constitution saving throw. I get advantage on this bad boy. Up there spitting acid. (laughs) That is two tens, which is remarkable. It is. Man, there's only a 14. I'm afraid to say that fails unsurprising (laughs) and what does this ability do he's going to take some acid damage and then get moved 10 feet away all right please take 22 acid damage are you sure are you sure it's not 11 is that what you were rolling yep (laughs) oh (laughs) my prismatic ward engages its fucking acid resistance and I take half that shit all right uh, how many times has it rolled acid? It's almost always it's acid. It's what it does. It's, it's, it is the only <laughs> thing I roll. I have rolled cold once, Yeah, and that is it. Yeah. I, I didn't really catch why you were laughing so hard, and then, um, yeah, I suddenly remembered all the other <laughs> so fucking acid. Fucking, that feels so good. Oh, okay. So a huge amount of this magical impact gets soaked into the reflective surface of the prism ward. You are still flung back 10 feet, but the acid... Doesn't hurt as bad as you would have thought. Excellent. Anything else? No. 
go ahead and roll your d6 if that's what you're was that a d6 ability yes cool uh does not recharge this turn very good i also need you to roll me a constitution save you're in the dawn baby Hmm. that's a natural 20 that's a half damage 22 so 11 and i also need artium to make a concentration check for the dawn okie dokie dc 10 that's a 16. The Harbinger lets out a dissonant noise. Subtract six from that, please. Uh, that looks like it's still 10. That's the DC. It's just barely making it. I'm Ooh. really glad it's not like 10 plus of the damage that you took or yeah. some shit. <laughs> That'd be fucking hard as balls to pass. That's <laughs> some fucking third edition concentration. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Fuck that. That brings it to the Luminary's turn. The Luminary carrying through with the momentum of these swinging lanterns, begins lashing out at all targets around them. There's going to be one attack at each member of the Mortal Dawn and one at Morty. So there's somebody standing between me and him? He's what? flying up. Oh, in the air. right, right. Yeah, he blasted down. Otherwise, I'd totally be like, there's someone in the way. So we're just going to go around the table starting with Arvid. That is a 19. Yeah. Harthax. That is a 26. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And Artyom. <laughs> fucking 14. Nope. <laughs> My dice fucking hate Artyom so much. <laughs> or they like him. Something like that. And then one at Marty, which is almost a guaranteed hit. That's cocked. Yeah. We good. So on this side of the table, we're looking at uh, 17 bludgeoning damage to Arvid. 12 bludgeoning damage to Harathax. Okay. And with another heavy swing... The lantern impacts with Morty's spine, and you hear a yelp as he tumbles to the side. Morty's been getting beat up pretty bad throughout this. Tumbles to the side like he's down, or he's, he's on his feet still, but oh. he's 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 whimpering. And as a bonus action, the luminary is going to cast healing word on the harbinger. Oh. 14 hit points back. All right, a good ass healing word. Impressive. And then she takes 22 damage from Dawn. Let me roll my save. That is a save. Ah. Blast. The luminary says, You see, you are no match for us as one. We will cast you into the Everstorm and continue our consumption of this forsaken world. That brings us to Artyom. This is your choice. It always was. I hope you'll make the right one. And as he says that, from the apex of the dawn column, a single ball of fire just drops right between the two of them. Mm. So I need a deck save from both the Harbinger and the Luminary. Very good for Luminary. Very bad for the Harbinger. Let's see them fireball damages. Beautiful. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Mm-hmm. Eight bean six. Twelve. Thirty. Nice, even thirty. Not a very nice. Not a bad roll. Not bad at all. It's that, really good. That's kind of like the benchmark of a very good fireball. Is right? the thirty damage point. <laughs> Fantastic. At the end of Artyom's turn, the luminary uses another legendary action. 
this time swinging out with all ten lanterns as one, emitting a corona of pure radiant energy. I need everyone on the platform, including the Harbinger, to roll me a constitution saving throw. Uh-oh. It's a corona. So okay. Oh, okay. That's, okay. No, you're good. Thank you. 16? That makes it. That's the DC. 24. I rolled a natural 20. Nice. I wish it was not an attack. I did not succeed. I have a total of eight on that saving throw. 14 for the Harbinger. So, if you got under a 16, you are going to take some radiant damage if you take radiant damage. <laughs> 24 radiant damage, or 12 if you made the save, or zero if you're immune. And at the end of Arctium's turn, you regain another point of recognition. How many are you at now? Seven. Thank you. So close. That brings us to Arvid Ulfmund. Okay, um, am I making another saving throw for wisdom? It, when the axe transformed, it liberated you from any fear. Okay, cool. Well, let's let's just run up and hit him then. Get him. Get him with that that freaking midnight parody. The loom the luminari. Yeah. Or the harbinger. No. The one that I was afraid of before, which is the luminari. Yeah, you're finally able to confront the fear bringer. And in tandem, Morty circles around to the other side following your training. Yeah. As the two of you attack as one. What a boy. Does that mean I don't need to do reckless? No, we've very clearly ignored flanking for a reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cinematically, yeah, yeah. yes, you are getting an advantage for Morty, but it only comes through if it actually comes through. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <sighs> then I will do a reckless attack. Sounds good. And a full attack with the with the new, you know. A full, beautiful attack. So we've got a 23. Oh, and a 20. Jesus Woo! Christ. Woo! <laughs> oh, boy. And about another 23. Looks like it. All right, cool. The boy's back. Hippity <laughs> <laughs> uh, boppity. Barbarian <laughs> <laughs> go choppity. All right, so, uh, and it's new damage. I'm so excited. It's, it's big, big damage. Big damage. Harvard so, has some questions he needs to ask. Mm. <laughs> For the regular hits, that's... Uh, I could have rolled better. It's a 15 for the regular attack, and then we for just roll it twice for... The criticale, yes. Okay. 36 on the crit. Jesus. <laughs> More than Jeez. my goddamn fireball. <laughs> The first thing I said when Law gave uh, Sam that axe, I was like, that thing is going to have nasty crits. Yep. <laughs> and then the headbutt. And then the headbutt. Boink. <laughs> That's 16. All right. You run up. Morty grabs the back of the robes, seeming to hold this beast in place. And you just wail on this eternal entity that's existed since before this very world, just slamming into it like some kind of radiant pinata. <laughs> what? That seems like an Arvid way to attack. <laughs> I love it. Harathax. Okay. I was going to drop a shatter, and then Morty kind of moved in the middle of that, and he's taken a lot of hits. So I don't think I want to, I don't think I want to hit Morty. 
I'm just going to make another vampiric touch. Absolutely. It went really great last time. It did. It did. I don't have advantage on this attack, though, so I... We'll see. We will see. Okay. I rolled a 19, so 28. Ooh, hey, very nice. <laughs> Still a good roll. That, that is a good roll. I'll take it. You've been saving them up. Yeah. There's a whole campaign of shit for this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bringing it all home. That's 18 more points of necrotic damage. Bunks. Five, five, four, four. Bazinga. Which heals me for nine. Would you like to do anything else on your turn? Harthax drains more of the energy off of the luminary and turns to look at Crist and says, Crist, you promised we were all going to make it out of this alive. That includes you. Make the choice. When the luminary let out their horrible corona of radiant energy, you see they caused a great deal of damage to the platform including the obelisks that hold it aloft. Christ, with Harathax's words, you have reached eight points of recollection. You feel the form of the Harbinger begin to slip away. The wings of crystal begin to shatter as thousands of fragments catch the wind and begin to drift upward and away into the air. As they fall from you piece by piece, the shape of the harbinger begins to fade. You'd swear the figure that was revealed was just a simple human, if not for the perfect, glistening crystal coming from his heart. And as the shattered shards fly into the air, and pieces of stone and metal from the broken machine and platform drift upwards, you realize you are all falling. Yep, my heart can't handle the ups and downs. In this case, the downs are the primary concern. They're falling. I'm right there with you, big guy. While the MD's words of friendship seem to have penetrated the Harbinger's crystalline mind and freed their ally from his new form, the damages dealt to the platform have caused the basin to lose all power of levitation, leaving our heroes in a deadly downward decline. I hope someone prepped enough fly for the whole class. A mile down tripping falls bad enough, but they're smack dab over the middle of Chimaris. Biology was never my strongest suit. But my mental map tells me that's directly over the Helderons. Sure, the endless fields of lava might soften the blow a little bit, but that's not my first choice of safety net. Damn it, Kip, I want them to live long enough for me to read their autobiography. I think you mean geography. Uh, no, Kip. You write a book yourself, that's an autobiography. I wrote one, remember? Uh, never mind. The scales of the battle are back to four on one. Five if you count the dog. Five on one. The problem is, despite their most direct attacks and focused strategies, the Luminary's still swinging with more power than I would have thought possible. Something tells me she might be able to survive the fall. While I'm doubtful our team has that kind of stamina. <laughs> They'll figure something out. They'll fix everything, right at the last minute. And everyone will go home happy. That's what always happens, right? I, I don't know, Storm. Kip, I've been leading the Rebellion, battling giant robots, and duking it out with legends half my age will dress like a thrift shop for the sake of my own sanity, even if it's just a big fat lie. Tell me it's all going to be okay. It's going to be okay, Storm. It's going to be okay. I, I don't know how, but we made it this far. And whatever happens, we're here. Together. Doing the right thing. Finally. You're God's damn right, Kip. Now listen up, you wide-eyed screen jockeys. If you've been holding back, doubting this team and noble heroes for even a moment, 
I swear to the seven hells I'm gonna come down to each and every one of your houses and dump a bag of caltrops in your shag carpet. It's time to rally. This is what being a fan is all about. They need your love. They need your support. If not now, then when? Join us next time for the finale of this epic never-ending battle, right here on the League of Ultimate Questing. I think this is our first three-part battle, man. Yeah, this is that, intense. Yeah. Chris just lost his wings. I lost my wings already. Arvid, you need your wings. <laughs> you yeah. and Arch you and Artyom need your wings to get us out of I this mess. I never put enough druid levels in to get any uh, flying creatures. I mean, Sorry. can't we count Billiam? I, I saved. <laughs> I saved fucking spell slots, and it's not helping me fucking not fall to my death. <laughs> True enough. I vote that our beautiful Crystal Manalante. Yes. Oh. Absolutely. Manalante. <laughs> Manalante. No. <laughs> no. That's not my name. That's All right. Ting Tings? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my soul. All right. My soul just went the other way. Okay. I was about to click and I'm like, this is the fucking outro. Who gives a shit? So uh, let's start by just going around the table. With Sam first playing Arvid Ulfmund, the Drew Barb and one of the many hearts touched by our crystal one sorcerer. There we go. That's it. Get out of me. <laughs> go away. <laughs> My name is Michael Loving. I play Harithax, the dragonborn warlock. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Alante, and I play Krista Grant. Well, I guess I play the harbinger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Zach Barkas. I play Octum Volkov, the cleric of sunlight. I'm also the technical director for Slapdash Studios. I'd also like to thank Sam Hediger for editing this episode. Hediger Woo! the editor. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Law. I am the Dungeon Master for the League of Ultimate Questing and Creative Director of Slapdash Studios. Ah, I am just kind of at a loss. This is so fucking awesome. And you guys are absolutely awesome for playing and listeners are awesome for listening. The best thing to do is to share the podcast with people you know, get the word out there. Uh, we've all worked really hard and had a lot of fun and had our fair share of heartache. So... If you like what we put out, please take a listen. Uh, you can go one step beyond and take a look at the website for all the links to the social media, including Discord. And honestly, you guys are all amazing. And I need to, from the bottom of my shattered heart, wish you all luck. <laughs>